the first episode. I'm Carrie, and here is Jenny. This is exciting. Very, very exciting. For our first episode, we decided we were going to start and rewatch Sex Life on Netflix. If you have not watched this show, it is highly recommended. Um, it's educational, and it really makes you think about things. I have to admit, when I first watched it, I just thought it was this racy, basically soft porn thing that you can, you know, take care of business with. Right. And it's so much more. It's about being a woman and putting your life and career on hold to raise your children, about feeling sexy and wanted and torn about what your life used to be as opposed to what it is now. And maybe... I think also it has a lot to do with, you know, how many women have the working husband that doesn't pay attention to them now that the kids are, have come along and are tiny and everything's about the kids and you don't have time for each other and sex and... Or don't make the time because it is so important. It is. It really is. It is critical. If I could pass that advice on to anyone who, you know, still has small children or hasn't had children or anything, is that you have to make time for yourself as a couple. Even if it's a couple hours a week on one night that you pick as a date night or date night in to spend time with each other. Yes, or like having somebody come grab the kids for a couple hours so you can just take a nap or have sex, whatever it is, but something. Something together. Yes. That you feel makes you feel like you're still connected. Yeah, because the second you start becoming ships passing in the night. That's when it's all over. Yeah, it goes it goes down real quick. And speaking of that, when I was watching the rewatching this first episode, you know, of course, right off the bat, you know, Cooper is Billy's husband. He's totally hot. Very hot. You could bounce a quarter off that ass. Oh my I'm God. not kidding. Yes, definitely. But the first thing Cooper does when he comes home in his yummy suit from being in the city is he says hello to their son Hudson, who's adorbs. And then he's like, how's my beautiful girl? Well, poor Billy, the wife, is thinking she's ready to, you know, he's going to jam her with his cookie. No, (laughs) he walks over to the baby, Everly, or whatever the hell her name is. Not only walks over to the baby walks past her yes and kisses the baby and totally ignores Billy and you see this just that look in her eye which I know I've personally experienced where you literally feel like your soul has just been crushed oh absolutely absolutely and you start to feel undesired you know it's it, it starts the ripple effect of the disconnect yeah and once that disconnect happens you it's hard to go mentally go back to where you were I think without a lot of work right and I think it depends too on how long the disconnect lasts like unfortunately some people it goes on so long before they ever even notice then they're like oh shit well what now well yeah because I think I think every relationship has its ebbs and flows oh absolutely but you just Someone once told me every relationship, every marriage, every couple falls in love 
in and out of love with each other throughout the course of many years, but it's important that both couples don't fall out of love at the same time. Yes. And that you're actual friends, too. That that really is your person. Exactly. Because without that, you there's not much there. It can't be all sex and fireworks. Or, no. Or can it? Can it be I, both? I think it can be both. Well, which is the basis of the show. Can exactly. It can it be both? So, um... When she starts, you know, fantasizing, or I shouldn't say fantasizing, it is and it isn't, because these are events from her memory of her relationship with Brad before she got with Cooper. She's writing a journal or a book, but she's a psychology... Yes. ...student professor. Right. She got her psychology degree from Columbia University on the show. Yeah, and she was working... (laughs) Towards a PhD when she met Cooper. Yes. And she put that on pause. Her friend Sasha finished it. And she did not. Nope. And now she's a stay-at-home mom. And she's just feeling, I think, like she's completely lost herself. Like she doesn't even know who this person is anymore. Now, I want to say... This might have been an episode, too. So let's see. But, you know, Billy met Cooper a month after her breakup with Brad to the day. See, I didn't pick that up. Yes. They said that in that episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, see, I didn't catch that. A month to the day. So then, it be, and that's when the whole, um, what was that one thing that she said about her soul or something? The bomb. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. She said this, what she was talking about when she met Cooper, Mm -hmm. the stability and sanity he offered was a soothing balm to my spent scorched soul. Right. Which I can completely relate to. Completely. Marrying the good guy. Yep. Versus all the bad boys that screwed us over and broke our hearts. Uh Uh-huh. Or my heart. Please. I (laughs) Listen, I have a heart, but it's been put together so many times. I'm like the motherfucking Tin Man from the Wizard (laughs) of Oz at this point. But, like, so then in my brain, I'm like, well, fuck. Yes, Cooper was safe. He was all these things. But I'm like, was he really the rebound from Brad? More than he could have been. I mean, I think she totally loves him. Yeah, she does. uh, And she doesn't want to leave him. No, she doesn't. But she just wants him to bang her like a rock star. She wants what she had with Brad in her marriage. Yeah. And And you see in that first episode them struggling like she's trying to have sex with him and he's watching the game. Oh, my God. I wrote that down, too, about the game. I I wrote... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I wrote, oh, my God, and what the actual fuck was with when that game was on. <laughs> I mean, and sadly, I've had something similar happen to me before. And look, I know women fake shit all the time where you're like, man, I'd rather be doing laundry than fucking <laughs> dealing with this limp dick dude right now. I get it. I do. I get it. But, dude, if I am on top of you riding your cock, Oh, and if I had a body like Billy, you better fucking pay attention no to me shit. with her perfect tits and her nipples. Please, give me a break. <laughs> and he's all trying to watch the game. I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you? Well, especially since, it, you know, obviously it's been equally as long for him since they've had sex. 
But, you know, I think that maybe some men just once they get married, it's almost like the Madonna whore thing. Yeah. <laughs> they don't look at their wives that way as sex objects. They look at them like mothers. Yeah. And it's like, bitch, I'm DTF. <laughs> you want me to suck your dick like I'm mad at it? Let's go. Oh, or, but that can't be the only event for your two pumps and a dump in my mouth because you're too lazy to do it. <laughs> FYI, if we have any male listeners. <laughs> Carrie's very single, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> you can submit your applications. Resumes will be yeah. taken. We should do a questionnaire. Absolutely. You can, and, you can and send those to our email at carrieandjenny at gmail.com. More information to follow in the show notes. <laughs> but it, you know, I just, it really just kind of blows my mind sometimes how I think in general we are brought up as women that we are supposed to be, you know, you want to keep your spouse relationship, whatever it is, happy. You know, you want them to feel loved and appreciated and pump up their ego. Well, it goes, yeah, but it goes both ways. Women need certain things too. And just because you get married or if you've been in a long-term relationship, doesn't mean that those needs go away because I know for me, like I just would sit there at some points and be like, what am I even doing here? This is fucking pointless at this point. Yeah. Not having sex. I'm lonely. He's lazy as shit. Like forget about it. I can use a vibrator on myself. I don't have to feel worse because somebody's too fucking lazy. No. Because that's some, t- and it's not always lazy, but in not my interested. situation, not interested, not interested for their self-serving reasons. Hence, Cooper's limp dick. Been married to one. It it always became about him, how it made him feel as a man. Right. Well, guess what? Uh, they say guys get blue balls. Try blue crotch because it's a real <laughs> motherfucking thing. There is nothing worse than when you actually have somebody in your home that you could bang that, like, you're legally bound to. (laughs) And they're just like, it's all about me. Oh, you want to give me a blowy? No. Are you going to go down on me? This is, (laughs) you know, quid pro quo or whatever the fuck that is. (laughs) You know, like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And I think that happens a lot at different stages. Well, and I think, you know, it sums it up when she said, I used to simply accept Cooper's waning passion as proof. This is what happens when you grow up, get married, and get into a routine. But now I'm starving. But now I am screaming at him from inside my head, trying to make him feel something. I can, I can simply agree with that. Oh, definitely. Totally. Just absolutely. Definitely. And I think... I know for me, I think when I talk to different friends and stuff, I think as women, women are not always very good about vocalizing it, but I also think men need to listen more or whatever type of relationship you're in. I'm just saying that because... Your partner. Your partner, whoever, whoever you're with, because all of these things apply. Even in a friendship, I think, you know? You know what? It's true because you have some friends who... 
you just sit there sometimes you're like why am I even bothering they legit probably don't give a fuck right or they don't ask about you you mm-hmm. hear about all their problems their day do they and they never once say how are you right and I dealt with that for so long in my life that when I finally met friends that said how are you and asked me about you or me rather right that I was like oh that's how this is supposed to work like, I'm not just supposed to listen? No, and it's not conditional. Right. Like, well, if I ask you to go somewhere and you don't go, I'm going to guilt you right. or try to manipulate be you mad into at doing you. it. Yeah. That shit is so fucking demented. It really is. I wish I could have told a lot more people to fuck off when I was younger. Me too. Oh, totally. But, hey, I'm doing it now, so watch out, America. I guess it's all part of the learning curve, right? It is, and it's part of being in your 40s. Yeah, I think so. You come into that confidence. It's a freeing, you know, and I used to, of course, hear it for years, and I thought, oh, God, fuck right off. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure, my 40s are fucking magical. I'm just not going to care anymore. They kind of are, though. It's like you, you morph into this zero fucks given unicorn, and then you're like, God, I wish 25-year-old me was the same as <laughs> right? this one right now. My life would have probably <laughs> been a lot easier. 25-year-old me would have, oof, with this, with the 40 oh, me, would have totally just been, a, I don't I know. I would have been a motherfucking no CEO for some <laughs> Fortune 500 company. Yeah. Not renting a condo alone. <laughs> <laughs> but we all have our crosses to bear. We do. And there's, you know, who knows what our 50s have in store for us. Hopefully them Benjamins. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but, and I guess anybody can in any relationship, whether you're single looking at someone who's married and you want that because I've experienced that Mm -hmm. like wanting that family and that security and someone to come home to. But she says in the episode, you know, after, um, she talks to her friend, you know, she's missing things with Brad because she sees that Sasha, is that her name? Yeah. Sasha is at the club and Mm -hmm. she's with the musicians and she's having a good time and she totally misses her life the way it used to be. I think she misses too where she felt like she had her own identity and independence and wasn't judged for it. And Sasha has men that she's entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, she's talking about the sexcapades. That's where I was yes. going with that. She was talking about her sexcapades. And I know from being married for so long, 20 years. <laughs> Episode's over. Just kidding. <laughs> That I look at friends that are in new relationships who mm-hmm. have sex, you know, twice a day or every night and that like I'm jealous of it. And they have to remind me that, you know, when you're married 20 years, you, you know, the passion's gone or waning. But it does. I mean, is but is, is, is crazy passion like that sustainable over a course of 20 years? I like to believe it is. I think it is. I just I like no is every encounter gonna be like a fuckathon in your memory bank no but 
if you're, I do think there should be a consistent sex and connection. It keeps couples closer. Right. It's like a scientific fact. I don't know who the fuck said it, people. Uh, we'll Google it somewhere. <laughs> but I know it's been said. I know I've heard it a million times on different things. And I know myself, um, FYI, I have no husbands that are alive. <laughs> but regardless, in both of those marriages, whenever things to me were the happiest and the healthiest in both scenarios, two very different freaks of nature, is when we spent the most time together and consistently had sex. Yeah. It kept us connected, and I think that makes a really, really big difference. And I'm sorry, you know, like, what, because I'm older, I'm not supposed to have a sex drive? That's crazy. Oh, that's, I think that's how it was perceived to be when we were younger, when maybe the generation before us, you know, came, were in the yeah. 50s, but no, I don't think anymore. But, and it is interesting, though, now, I, I think it's part of it's a mindset, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm finding more limp dicks more than ever. And I really don't understand what's happening. I really don't. Because then, like, I have a relative. He's like 67. He's still rocking out with his wife all the time. But also, they're a new, they're a new relationship. They're a new marriage. Well, that's, that's true. Sec- that's his second marriage. Do you think he and his first wife were like that? Yeah. Were they? So, yeah. Well, he's, and then he's the common denominator. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Every one of my family is pretty much horny, I think. Yeah, I guess so. I, well, I come from a long line of that, so. Yeah, but I mean, I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm comfortable with it. I would be too it. if the person I was legally bound to was interested. I know. Like, sometimes you just want to be like, bro, what's it going to take? Like, it's almost like it feels like they give up or something. They do. They absolutely do. Or I, someone once said to me, I was complaining about feeling old. Mm-hmm. And they said, I think that your husband makes you feel old. Oh, my God. I never even thought about that. Because he is so ready to go into the retirement RV park. Now, he's 51, and I'm in my late 40s. But he's ready. Like, he doesn't. I still want to buy the house with all of the bedrooms and have the yard work and do all of those things and Ew. have my fancy room. I don't. Well, I'll hire someone for the lawn work. Well, that's what I was going to, yeah. Well, if I, know, As long as I have helpers, I I'm straight. I still want the mini, <laughs> yeah, I still if want. If I'm alone, I'm in a motherfucking <laughs> townhouse. I still want, not even the mini mansion, but the, the gorgeous house. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your daughter has with her husband. <laughs> yeah, right. Like my daughter house. did everything correct, her house, regardless of her upbringing. Her daughter's house is like straight out of Pinterest. It's gorgeous. But, I think that um, he's ready to, when I talk about buying a certain type of house, he's like, what? You know, our son's about ready to, you know, go off to college and or be 18 and we Mm. don't need that big a house. And just because we've raised our child and if he goes off to college and if he chooses to say, I don't feel like that means we need to go to Shady Pines. No. You know, I... He's ready to like say, "Oh, let's go to the let's go to fifty, yeah, and, and eat, eat earlier bird specials at the buffet." Listen, and I'm not. Now, Ooh. I will say, like, if I'm still like living alone when this happens, <laughs> which it's a quite a few years off, people. 
But like, say if it was like 55 and older, the only part I look forward to that is you can get some cheap fucking rent. Well, yes, you can. But that's different. Like, And those communities actually have a lot to do. They do. That's and So it's not throwing shade at those. No, I think what you mean is with him. He would be fucking shuffleboarding, eating fucking pudding for dinner, and doing nothing. Right. Like he's ready. He thinks he's, he checks his blood pressure twice a day. He thinks he's ready, you know, to like. It's like he's just giving in. He's giving up, I think. And I act like a 12 year old. Me too. Because, and and then that friend of mine said to me, because she said, because Jenny, you're young. You're, you act young. You, Mm -hmm. you are young. And. I think that he makes you feel old, and I have to agree with that. I would say for as long as I've known you, that's that's actually a very intuitive and correct observation that I never thought of. Well, she's very intuitive, that Quinn. But I, I do understand it, though, too, because I think at the end of my second marriage, um, and whatever, the last three years of it, whatever the fuck, I I think I was totally brought down in the marriage in that same respect. Like, I wanted to still go do things and this and that. It was like, can we just stay home? Right. Stay home. Bitch, I am sick of home. Yeah. Take me the fuck out. <laughs> we went away last year for his birthday. It wasn't really we went away because of the whole COVID situation, but we did like a stay take. We went to Margaritaville, which was like mm-hmm. what, 30 minutes towards yeah. the beach. And... Literally, we had friends coming. His family was coming to have dinner with us, and we had friends coming to hang out by the pool. Literally, until they got there. The first night, we went to dinner, and this he came back and like basically put on the ball game and laid in bed. I went down to the bar, and I was like, I'm, just, I'm not sitting here. I'm not Mm-mm. sitting in this room. And then the next morning, we went to breakfast, Went back up to the room and he put the TV on and is laying there. And I'm like, really? And it, even when our friends got there, I went down. But mm-hmm. it was like a good hour before he came down. Oh, hockey championships are on. Stanley Cup finals. Well, dude, we're, we're not at Margaritaville every day. We, right. You're recording. Oh, there's even pieces of um, Kate's 21st birthday where we went on a cruise where I was, you know, with Debbie Downer, whatever the <laughs> fuck. And it, but it was bringing me down. It was making me not I think it was like actually creating physical illness in me. Yeah. Because it was like I think I was just becoming so depressed and I didn't even realize it at the time from that. Yeah. Because it's like are you serious? Like I might as well fucking be alone cuz you're useless. Well, I you know, we've been to parties and mm. Not even parties, get-togethers at friends' houses mm-hmm. for Super Bowl and things like that. And I'll take part. I'm all down with the Patron shots and having sure. fun and a good old time. Because it's not like you're doing it every night. No. And he's off at the corner on his phone just observing and waiting to go home, basically. And it's uncomfortable. First of all, I think it makes – it's rude. It makes people feel like you don't want to be there. It does. And I don't think that it's that he wants – he doesn't know how to interact. He doesn't know to – how to just not do anything that's not in front of his own TV. Yeah. And that's, he did, he, I think he's forgotten how to live. Mine had went from one, would just go from one extreme to the other. Like either didn't want to leave the house or then would go places and then would want to go home. Like my cousin had a Halloween party. 
I was like, it was super early too, but he left me there because he wanted to go home and watch TV. Do you know what Wyatt likes to do? He Get likes the to go fuck eat. out. The highlight of our life, the highlight of his week is when he's off on Friday night, where are we going to dinner? Oh my God. Like seriously, like that's his Him and Patrick could have just been BF fucking effers. Yeah. And it's always some weird fucked up place that normally you don't even like shit there, but you're trying to suck it up for well, the Friday sake of night. Myth. It was wings. He wanted wings, but I had such a stressful day at work that I came home and looked at him and said, "Look, you can get wings, but you're gonna have to go pick them up because I'm not going out. I'm exhausted." And you know, last night was his birthday, so he wanted a steak, but <laughs> but uh, Ashton, our son, he wanted. Carabas. He wanted Italian. And cause you he, can get a steak there. Yeah, you can. And he did because he uh, but he had his heart set on Outback. I don't know why, because it's as commercial as could be and it's the same food. But um, Ash was like, well, I just had a burger last night because he won't eat a steak. You know, he's still yeah. feeling that out. And he so he's like, I think I'd rather have spaghetti from Carabas. So he was like, and I just looked at him like, it's your birthday. And he's like, oh, we'll go to Carabas. So I'm like, you can get a steak there. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but you can't get a baked potato. Well, you only put butter on it. So it's not like ex- you're missing anything exciting. <laughs> Except it's your birthday. And you yeah. didn't get that blowy, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I totally get it. Because it's like, dude, you're getting a fucking boner for that. How about you get a boner for me when I'm fucking taking care of everything. Yeah, I don't recall getting one for my birthday. Right. It's been over a year, I mean. Well, and speaking of that too, in that episode, Billy talks about how legit Cooper had not went down on her in 18 months. Right. I'm sorry, with her fucking cracking ass body, if he's not going <laughs> down on that after 18 months, I'm fucking doomed. Well, that's because he saw two children come out of it. I don't give a fuck. Madonna whore. His dick went in it. Well, apparently it doesn't want to go in it anymore. But some men are like that. That is, I get it to a point. Like They put you some, on his pedestal. Ugh, Patrick did that shit because sometimes. But you didn't even have his children. No, but he did it because there was certain, you know, sex things. I would be like, hey, boo, what up? <laughs> you know, can we do this? <laughs> and it was, you know, maybe a little, a little questionable. But he would be like, I can't do that to you. I just love you too much. I'm like, pretend you don't and just bang me. Like, that's just so weird to me. It's like, I'm not some fucking, like, you knew I was a freak when we got together. Wasn't like it was a secret. But now I'm just supposed to be okay not being a freak because you love me too much. Because you're married. Fuck off. Fuck me like you're mad at me, bro. (laughs) But he would. He would be like, that just... I can't do that. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, who did I marry? What the fuck was I thinking? So then it's like being Billy with Cooper. Right. Where you're just like, oh my God. If this is the rest of my life, I am fucked. Well, and it probably wasn't what you signed up for. It was not what I signed up for. How long were you together before you guys got married? Uh, Well, not long, but I knew him from high school. Well, I know, but... You didn't hang out. We were, yeah, we we yeah. kind of did on and off. But, like, we were only together, like, a year and we got married. Well, that's still a long time. Yeah, it just, I think it just felt like. He moved in pretty quickly, right? Yeah, super quick. Now, did that behavior start when, before you were married or when he, after, shortly after he moved in? It was more 
he changed after we got married. Wow. A lot. Yeah. That's when, I mean, like, immediately certain things. And I'm like, what was this? Some fucking, <laughs> I mean, there was, you know, looking back, of course, when you always notice things. But I would say, like, the bigger shit where I was like, what the actual fuck was right after we got married. I'm like, I'm like, you should have fucking went and married some bitch. Praise the Lord. Going to church that is going to cook you your fucking food. Right. I don't know, but I'm not that bitch. Just like. Well, you work. Uh, you work a lot, but you worked a lot then, too. You were in the prime lot. of your career. I really was. And you were, was that before or after you were studying for your certifications? Or during? Both. Yeah. Both. There was a lot going on. And Kate was young. She was in high school, right? Yes. Yeah, freshman, freshman year of high school, I think. So, you know, there was a lot going on. I was traveling for work a lot. And he was also like, but because we had kids in high school, it was like, bro, let's be a little spontaneous. Yeah. Like, come on. But it was just, it was like I married this fucking dead old man is what I felt like. It's like he didn't have to pretend anymore. Yes. It's the, the, you know, I felt like it you're was, legally bound and you're married and now you yeah. don't have to work at it anymore. And I was just like, wait, <laughs> what is this? And, you know, I'm sure there's things I'll reveal on this podcast that I have not. I mean, I, things I've told you, obviously, Jenny, but not the world. But I'm also OK sharing it with the world because there are things that. I think as individuals in a relationship and friendship, like we've talked about, you'll just think, oh, am I just being too sensitive? Am I being too dramatic? And I feel like there were some things that my intuition told me, fuck this, and I didn't listen. Yeah. But then again. But you're younger like that. Yeah. You don't tend to listen to your intuition as much as you do now. No. Because how old were you when you married? Old enough. I yeah. was 35. Okay. So. Yeah. I think it was 35, 36, 30, whatever. But 35. But I, for me, the 30s were still learning curve. I came well, into my confidence, but it was still a learning. Yeah. I mean, I would speak up and stuff. I mean, because like, say, I don't know, like, like all of a sudden then if we'd be somewhere... Oh, here's a story for you, people. So we were at dinner with his mom. And I was being loud or something. Okay, I'm loud. This is not a fucking mystery, okay? <laughs> no, uh-uh. Scooby-Doo isn't on the fucking case, people. <laughs> this And I've always been this way. And I've never... And here's... Let me say this, too. I did not pretend to be someone different during the courtship period. You never do. No. What you see is what you get. Exactly. And so this motherfucker <laughs> kind of fucking nudges my foot under the table to like look at me to tell me to be quiet. I looked at him and his mother. I said, who in the actual <laughs> fuck do you think you're talking to? Seriously? Did he know who he was talking to? Did he mentally have? Dude, I don't know. He goes, well, just, I said, fuck you. I'll get louder. I don't like that. And P.S., go tell your mom to fuck off. Right. I didn't ask this bitch to dinner. Yeah. And, you know, it would, it just, like, that stuff, it was like, and all I was doing was laughing. It wasn't like I was 
berating somebody and being evil or cursing like a trucker or yelling at the staff yeah like being an asshole like I was legit like just laughing telling a story you know but we're in a restaurant bitch we are on we're at Sunny's on 40 fucking (laughs) one and Braden fucking Tucky (laughs) okay we are we are not at five star dining we're at fucking maybe one and a half star if you're lucky, depending on who's working. So that was my whole thing where I'm just like, what are you, the fucking etiquette police? Right. Give me some dick. I'll behave in public, bitch. I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Whatever you like, I do for you. So it is, it is interesting, and it really does play into this episode of Sex Life on Netflix because if even in even in the episode if you look past the sex there's all those same things that most people have experienced at one time or another. And I'm noticing more watching it the second time through. Me too. That it's, the little signs that she picks up on like the butterfly and one of the few first few scenes her little boy calls her out to show her something into the yard as she's um, laying on the bed nursing the baby. And when she gets out there, he has a butterfly in a jar. And she says to him, she's going to die. She's going to die if you don't let her out. And that is like telling of the, it sets the premise for the entire entire series, I think. I think you're right. And you know, it's funny, listeners. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that piece. You know, like. Well, I I, I know how that feels. Yeah. So. And well, I know how it feels too, but I still just like <laughs> woofed right over it. But that's why we work well together. People. Yes, we do. But it is such an excellent point And it does. It just sets the tone saying, you know, all of us, no matter the status of the relationship or friendship you're in, we can all feel like we're dying inside if we're not getting what we need. You know, and I think sometimes you don't even realize it until you go back. Like, I think there have been parts of my marriage that we ride along and we're complacent. Mm-hmm. And it's just fine going home, coming to work, doing takeout, this, that. Chips in the night. And then you go out with a group of friends and you have a really good time. And you realize you miss that. Yes. Those Friendships, relationships, the wild nights. and All of it. Yeah. Just the whole, you know, the shenanigans. Yeah. Like it's, there's nothing like it. No. And, but then when you have someone who looks at you, like if you want to stay out past nine o'clock. Right. They're like, and you're like. And they want to force you to go to bed. Yeah. It's like, are you coming to bed? Well, that's all the fuck you do is lay in bed and there ain't nothing happening in there, bro. My first husband, oh, he was a Nazi about that. He would, he would get so mad at me. We would fight, record fights because he got up so early in the morning and he wanted me to go to bed when he did. And then I was 21 years old. Like, I'd be like. I don't want to go to bed at 9 o'clock. I want to sit up and watch TV. Yeah, I want to stay up to 9.45, motherfucker. Exactly, 10.30, (laughs) damn it. But, you know, as I got older, you know, obviously Wyatt and I are on opposite shifts. But when he worked at 5 o'clock in the morning, it was a time in my life where I actually I wish he still did because I would go lay in bed at 9 o'clock and fall Mm -hmm. asleep by 10 and then get up fresh for the next morning instead of now he walks in the door at 11 
it's 12, 1 o'clock before the house settles down. Oh, and, sure. And I've got to get up, you know, Ashton, he's got to be out the door by 7, 7.15. Yeah. And I'm dragging myself to mm-hmm. work and to, you know, get him ready and all that stuff. I mean, I know he's 17. He can get ready himself, but. She dresses him, everyone. No, I don't. He, he's like a little Ken I doll like, from listen, the 70s. Listen. I'm just kidding, listen, people. Listen, life is short. And I feel like life is short. Dress your kid. Yeah, dress him accordingly. <laughs> I like to make sure I give him a kiss and send him off. There's nothing wrong. With not that. and not like a five year old, but I like to see him out through his day. You know? Listen, dude, my kid is 27. Not like I'm wiping his ass, and I still talk <laughs> to her every morning. Yeah. So and she doesn't live with me, folks. She has the nice house. We do not. <laughs> <laughs> We're in rentals. Yeah. Good job, Kate. William, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we're in rentals. They're in their new baller house. Brand new built that bitch. It's gorgeous. I've, I've, it I know is. I've said it is gorgeous. I've seen pictures. Uh, yeah. I am. I'm so proud of them. Yeah. It's, it, and I think, you know what? Also, it brings us into it's how you can, and it's, you're not jealous. But no. you're, you're so happy for them that they have this. You could be, and I don't know, envious, not jealous, jealous. But it's it's so her house is so gorgeous and you can be proud and have that yeah because it's I look at the things that they have accomplished because they made different choices than I did thank God right so like they made different choices and had their goals set and all these different things I'm so happy for them because it's gonna really change everything for the rest of their life absolutely we're. As my mother would, she would always be jealous of something like that. If I like, must be nice. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had a new car like that. Yeah, I mine was, too. I my would, mom would say the same a, thing. I live in a dump. This place is a dump. She lives. My mother lives in the same community, gated community as Carrie. Which I love this place, by it's the way. It's gorgeous. We used to sneak in it's to go to the quiet, pool. It's quiet. It's awesome. I go for walks every morning. My Ooh. one neighbor's a bit much. That's for another episode. But Who wouldn't want to live there? And, and I've lived always, there since 2018, she, beginning of 2018. She acts like she is living in the projects. No, not at all. Like she, Especially, like, there's not one part of that community, even when I go walk in the morning. No, you don't have riffraff. Oh, and in addition to the gates, we do have security, a private security company that also drives around. (laughs) Okay. And they don't put up with any shit in that community. It is quiet. It is clean. I mean, really, the landscaping's always nice. They don't put up with shit. I noticed last week that they're making it even harder to come riding through the gate, following in behind someone. Oh, yeah. Make it. Yeah, they put different gates in again. Yeah. So it's just, I'm I'm not sure why. I'm happy for people I care about that do Me too. well. Yeah. Now, do I personally to myself sometimes think, damn, you know, if I would have known now what I knew, you know, known yeah. then what I know now. But that's that's because of myself. It has nothing, it has nothing to do with their success and achievements. I will give myself a hard time feeling like, damn, I really shorted myself yeah. at different times in my life and what my abilities may have been. Right. But I'm always completely thrilled for people. Me too. Me too. 
I, because I love to see people have great things happen. Yeah. We see so much shit and trash we day do. in and day out. I love to see people succeed at things. It's exciting to me. Me too. And to know you're part of their journey. Yeah. You know, and you can enjoy that with them. Yes. You can enjoy their hot tub or yeah, their I Mac mean, Daddy house. Yeah, like who, I mean. You know that, Christmas is going to be especially nice this year because we're going to be at the kids' house. That's Yeah. Fun. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> so it's just, it is interesting how people, and I know what you're saying, though, because I know I've heard my mother multiple times. When, well, that must be nice. Oh, will you get things like that when you're pretty. Oh, when Harry and Meghan bought their house, mm-hmm. their house was gorgeous as well. Oh, every time she came, how much did that sofa cost? Oh, this house must be expensive. Oh, you must have, you must make a lot of money, Harry, if you could afford this. And it's like, first of all, Diane, that's none of your fucking business. None. And, and number two, how about you try being happy for your son and his wife that they live in such a gorgeous house yes you know it's like like i'm sorry oh they did something that you weren't able to or whatever doesn't mean they have to give you money no they don't have to give their money to my child poor choices yeah like i feel like my child and her husband owe me absolutely fucking nothing and i I believe nothing about about my son as well he owes me nothing but to no I want him to do well. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. And have a beautiful life. Exactly. But they, to me, their success is my success. Yeah. It's like Because I'm so happy for them. Right. Like, I just, I, my, I feel like my role is to love them and encourage them and share. Um, Give them the tools they need. Yeah. But, and also having shared a lot of my life experiences with them doesn't mean they have to listen to it, but to say, look, these are mistakes I made. Try to avoid them if you can. Right. Of course, some people were going to do them anyways. It doesn't matter. But, you know, I just, nothing makes me happier than seeing them happy. It's like the lady says to her daughter in my big fat Greek wedding, I gave you life so you can live it. Oh, yeah. That gave me goosebumps. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's how I feel. Not mm-hmm. so you can, so you owe me something. No. No. No, because, you know, um, Kate didn't ask to be born. No. It wasn't like she walked over and said, hey, bitch, put me in your room for nine months. Right. You know, like, she was my responsibility. She, she owes me nothing. Yeah. So it is interesting where it's like, well, you're my child. Okay, <laughs> you're an asshole. Doesn't mean I owe you shit. Sorry, you should have made better choices. Yeah, I mean, it's just so, like, and when someone is like that, well, like, must be nice. You don't know what it, what that person no. even sacrificed to get that. Like, no, you don't. When I look at William and Kate, I know the sacrifices they made by the vehicles they drove before they got new cars and everything. What they did and where they, you know, how they lived on their budget to save to get all of these things. Yeah. I watched all of it from behind the scenes and and it was a lot of work. It was stressful. It was a lot of sacrifice. Now, of course, they're reaping the reward from that. But, you know, they always had an end game in mind. Yeah. Where some people just look at it, oh, well, look at them. They just built that brand new house. They must make a lot of money. Yeah, well, they were saving their asses off. Hit them up. Yeah, like, fuck right off. Yeah, no. (laughs) 
people, I swear. And this is a glimpse into what our life has been like and things we'll talk about further in depth later on in other episodes. Yes. So. Well, you know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about your mother and how she reacted earlier today Mm. when you called her or she called you and she was on speaker and she asked what you're doing. Yes. So Francine called earlier and I answered the phone. I was here at Jenny's in our podcast booth (laughs) table (laughs) and um, she was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, um, I'm at Jenny's. We're doing the podcast. Now, mind you, I had not told her about this podcast, but surprise, mom, you know now. <laughs> um, so, but instantly when I said we were doing the podcast and her tone changed. Immediately. Immediately. Oh. Oh. You're well, doing, I didn't know you had a podcast. Mm-hmm. No, I think it was, you have a podcast. Yeah. And then it was, well, what's it about? And so I'm like, well, kind of like everything, like relationships, sex, whatever. She got real nervous. And goes, oh. (laughs) Well, send me the link or whatever. I'll listen. I'm not doing that. No, don't. I'm just not. cause a family war. Please. At some point, somebody will send this shit to her because you motherfuckers better give me five (laughs) stars. Um, Just teasing. I mean, but please don't write mean shit. Like. If I say, if I mispronounce a word, go start your own podcast. That's all I got for you. That just takes way too much energy. This whole editing thing is a lot. And if I miss a mispronounced word here and there, it'll take me two hours to figure out. Let how it to ride. It out. A lot of this stuff we're just going to let ride. We've spent the last three weeks mm-hmm. editing, trying to edit pieces together. And we just finally said we just need to. Follow a format and let it ride. Yes. And we are doing the best we can. So hopefully as time goes on, we'll get better. We're going to evolve and get better. We already are. We do. We have been working on so much behind the scenes. You guys have no idea, especially Jenny. (laughs) I just kind of show up. (laughs) She's the entertainment. I'm the phone sex voice. Your voice. I'm so jealous of your voice. (laughs) And not in a bad way where I wish you didn't Are you sure? I don't know. When I buy her a Range Rover someday, she'll be like, I knew I loved your voice. <laughs> Always and forever. I know. I feel like I should be like. No, I'm going to say it must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> what? Do you have leather seats in yours? Must be nice. <laughs> do you have heated? Do you have heated rearview mirrors? Must be nice. Do you have a driver? Must be nice. Did Wyatt get you a latte? Must be nice. <laughs> I feel like I should be like. Please call 941, <laughs> whatever my number is. Dial a ho. Text a ho. For $5.99 a minute, I will bring your fantasies to life. <laughs> You're cheap. <laughs> That's a starting rate. <laughs> it's $10.99 to $59.99 for each additional minute. Okay, so I think a lot, too, about this episode of Sex Life is really about owning who you are Mm -hmm. and not being ashamed of whatever it is you want. If you do want the husband and the kids and the white picket fence, you want to be a stay-at-home mom, cool, own it. 
nothing wrong with it. Not it's a all. hard fucking job. It is. The One hardest. I didn't fucking want. I mean, I love you, Kate. <laughs> well, you know, I found you know, I, I was home for many years. You were. And that's some hard ass shit. It really shit. is. And I have friends that, you know, spent years at home and work now or worked, you know. Or did both. And did both. And are home, you know, worked, were home for the beginning and they're working now or they worked a lot in the beginning and they're home more mm-hmm. now. And you see both sides of it and. You know, there were many years there where I was home and I remember those were the most depressed years of my life. Not because I didn't enjoy being no. home, but he was at school all day. Yeah. And it leaves, it's isolating. And it, well, it didn't help that the recession, you know, I lost, yeah. I lost my job of 10 years because they eliminated my position, but it just makes you feel unfulfilled. Yeah. You're not bringing in any money in your freedom and it's you so don't have many interactions. Well, and it's just, I think it has such a larger impact than people realize. Like, even when you were saying, like, the recession and just, like, for me, when I had, you know, was kind of peaking in my career somewhat and I got laid off from a buyout type thing, um, that's hard. Like, my identity, I was Kate's mom and then I was this bomb-ass bitch at work. Well... Your kid gets older and you're not this bomb ass bitch at work anymore. You're like, you're having to figure out really who you are. Yeah. And that's and how it's I not was. easy. I clawed my way 10 years, started from the bottom mm-hmm. and was finally where I thought I made it. And I was in a management position and when they got bought out mm-hmm. and I was eliminated, it it felt like a slap in the face. Yes, it feels like it's like, like a death. Yeah, that they it is. You have to grieve from, it. Make a spot for me somewhere, or that they didn't unappreciate. I was unappreciative, and then I actually, at that point, I regretted all of the times that I missed things mm-hmm. for my child. Oh, I'm with you on that all because fucking day I gave long. My life, this yep. corporate nightmare. Oh, I did. Yeah, I always did because, you know, I. I'll never work for another corporate. I was so again. paranoid that something would happen to my income. And here I'm this provider for this child and different things. It just seems like I, I was thinking about it today. Things I missed because your boss wants this, they want that. And it made me sick. Yeah, absolutely. Made me sick. Absolutely. The things we go through. But now I would never, I wouldn't put up with that now. No, God, no. <laughs> no, I, I'm Kate sorry. sets Kate sets great boundaries. She is so much better at it work-wise than I ever was. Well, I'm just now figuring out boundaries in general. Oh, so, I know. You know, but now yeah. I would never miss a concert at action no. school because, or wherever, because I have to work. Sorry. And I've done it. I've yeah, missed I've, shit. I've disappointed that child and it is shameful. It really, yeah. It, it makes you feel like the most horrible person in the world. Yes. Yeah, it does. Because they, at the end of the day, they will find someone. You're not, you're not irreplaceable. No. To them. No, you're just a person who's, they know they can bully into do what they want. Right. Or what they need or whatever the case may be. Um, I think we should go ahead and try to wrap this up. Jenny, what are your final thoughts on this first episode that we're rewatching of Sex Life? 
Well, I'm excited to rewatch it and uh, see what I what I missed first go round. But um, I'm excited to see how she deals with what's about to happen to her. I don't want to give away too much of the plot. Yes, but you know, an ex is going to come out of her come come back from the past, mm-hmm. and when she had quite the sizzling sex life with they were yes. very adventurous very spontaneous and i, I think we could but they were let me know this they were monogamous they were monogamous but they were very adventurous full of adventurous mm-hmm. and full, full of passion oof yeah <laughs> damn episode three shower scene <laughs> hey brad google it you want my number <laughs> she handles all of that and how she makes peace with her marriage and, or if she doesn't, how she pieces it all together to see if her and Cooper put that together. Because yes. it seemed like when he banged her on the kitchen counter, he was trying to give her what she wanted. He was, but she also felt like, you know, she said something to Sasha even then, like she loved the sex part, but the, way he made her feel she had a black fucking eye yeah and she was like it was violent and it was. angry it was and it, it you could just tell you could just see the hurt and almost disgust yeah you know like it was it was a very confusing situation for her and i don't think we covered it what happened was uh she's been writing this journal mm-hmm. and talking about her past sexual sexcapades with a previous lover boyfriend mm-hmm. that she was with for quite a few years yeah and he found it now why he went digging for it find it know. my ass that motherfucker went in her mac oh he did but why would he do that he I opened up this whole can of worms he by doing did that. so fuck you cooper this yeah. is all on you bro and then he keeps reading it yeah and then he'll masturbate then he gets that one scene he vomited yeah like playing it back in his head and i'm like what the actual fuck, bro? Like, don't open Pandora's box if you're not ready to deal with the consequences. No. Mm-mm. And it was private. And I think, well, let's say this. He read it more than once. She did not think he would, I don't think she anticipated him going back to her journal again. No. After that first time. Right. And he just kept going, he keeps going back like a dumbass. Yeah. I mean, he's create. he's actually creating the problem in this marriage as you go on you'll see by making it such an issue yes and as we discuss it and we just and thought she, and he can't really blame she, you can't really blame her at least she's only fantasizing and not acting out on it she wasn't even texting that motherfucker no, she's Nothing. writing it in a journal she was not sliding into his dms nothing she's writing it in a journal possibly for a book even yeah i mean literally she had not contacted in over eight years. Yeah. She had no contact with this dude. So he, I, honestly, I think he's making a mountain out of a molehill. He's causing the disruption in their marriage. Very much so. By taking issue with this. And he's so insecure. He is. Which so weird. is weird because he's so hot. I know. But, but I Brad's, think he knew he married up out of his league. Yeah, I think so too. Like he captured the butterfly. Well, he put the lid on the jar, didn't he? <laughs> All right. Until our next episode, thank you for listening. Please don't forget to give us a review. 
Um, anything else you want to add, Jenny? If there's anything you want us to discuss or if you have any questions, um, feel free to drop us a line. We're on the gram at Carrie and Jenny. And uh, you might be able to find us on Facebook. We're not really working that one yet. but I work the streets. <laughs> <laughs> any suggestions, questions, anything you want to know? Feel and free. what's our email address again? Carrie and Jenny at gmail.com. Is it J-E-N-N-I? J-E-N-I. Mm, just checking. You know couldn't afford the other end <laughs> it's hiding with my Range Rover <laughs> which we will find next year in 2022 yes, we will. until next week folks have a good one that sounds stupid have a good one well let's just say something else um, until next time yeah. until next time until next time <laughs>